artists, new releases? Maybe you just love the classic. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the September 12th edition of the sunny side of sports let's give a sunny side of sports salute to the copper queens of zambia who won their first council of southern africa football associations women's championship in port elizabeth south africa the copper queens lifted the kasafa trophy after a 1-0 victory in extra time over the host team, Banyana Banyana of South Africa. And let's give another sunny side of sports salute to Zambia's team captain, Barbara Banda, who scored the game-winning goal and finished with a tournament-leading 10 goals. Banda was named player of the tournament. For reaction to Zambia's victory, Iron Mike Mbonye called Port Elizabeth, where he reached the Copper Queen's media officer, Memory Malisawa. Winning this uh, Kosafa title for the first time at a senior level means a lot to the girls. It's sweet victory for them. They've been looking forward for this Kosafa title. They've been wanting to be also champions of uh, Southern Africa. And so it has come as a, an amazing thing for them this time around. Even the coach himself, Coach Bruce Mwape, mentioned that uh, he has been uh, looking forward for the past four years, uh, looking forward to winning in this title and so he is a very happy man that he has succeeded with his girls he has managed to win the kosafa title today it is a victory it is sweet victory it's an awesome um, you know kind of thing the girls are so excited and you know they couldn't just believe that that they started uh, uh, this journey and they've finished and everything has gone according to their plan they said this time around it was their time to win uh, the Kosafa title, looking at the way they also performed at the just-ended Africa Cup of Women uh, in uh, Morocco. And so it is a nice thing for the team. The team has been, uh, you know, celebrating uh, from the stadium to the hotel, and they are still celebrating. Barbara Banda, captain of the Copa Queens of Zambia, scored 10 goals during the Kosafa Women's Football Championship. What's the secret behind this feat? And now when you look at um, uh, Captain Barbara Banda, she has been amazing. Uh, she has been, uh, you know, a good captain for the side. She has been, you know, leading by example. She has worked extra hard. She is the top scorer of this tournament with 10 goals. That's not a joke. That calls for hard work. She has worked hard for those goals. You know, for a player who has been away for some time and coming back with 10 goals, it means a lot. It means you are looking at a very well-dedicated player. 
and you know she she she, she always talks about hard work she, she is a very hard working uh, you know captain and so she inspires the team when you look at the entire copper queens team they do work extra hard they are very dedicated very disciplined players they all want to achieve that goal that they set and this time around their goal was to win the title and they've just done that and so it is really really you know uh, an uh, an amazing moment very very you know historical for them it is their first title at senior level and it means a lot for them are there plans for more games to prepare the copper queens for the fifa women's world cup scheduled for australia and new zealand and when you look at uh, the World Cup um, preparations, this is a morale booster for them. In as much as it is just Southern Africa, for them it's a stepping stone as they start preparing for the World Cup in New Zealand. Of course, the FA has uh, you know, put down a roadmap for preparation and the teams that they'll face along the way, uh, which is yet to be announced. But um, there's so much hardware going towards World Cup preparation, and this Kosafa is just a morale booster for the girls ahead of that. Everyone one is happy in the team and they can't wait to reach home with the trophy at the airport. That's memory Molly Sawa, the media officer of Zambia's national women's football team, the Kasafa Cup winning Copper Queens. And she spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Elizabeth, South Africa. As I said to Iron Mike, that's a good memory. Sporty greetings. This is Memory Malisawa, Major Officer of Copper Queens of Zambia. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta joins us now with some reaction from the sports world to the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. The English Premier League, the English Football League and the Women's Super League postpone all their weekend fixtures as a mark of respect following the death of Queen Elizabeth II last Thursday. With the Queen's funeral set to take place next Monday, this weekend's Premier League fixtures may also have to be rescheduled. Meanwhile, tributes to Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch in British history, continued to pour in from sportsters and athletics organizations from around the world. Brazil's soccer great Pelé tweeted and I quote, I have been a great admirer of Queen Elizabeth II since the first time I saw her in person in 1968 when she came to Brazil to witness our love for football and experience the magic of a packed Maracana. Her deeds have marked generations. This legacy will last forever. In a statement, Manchester United said in the quote, Manchester United shares the sorrow of the entire nation following the announcement from Buckingham Palace on the passing of Her Royal Highness the Queen Elizabeth II. Arsenal also added in a statement in the quote, Along with many of our supporters, we will be taking time to mourn and reflect on Her Majesty's incredible life and devoted service. Liverpool FC also said, Liverpool Football Club is saddened by the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. We extend our sincere condolences to the royal family. 
World famous Formula Racing legend Louis Hamilton also took to social media to deliver a fitting tribute following the passing of the Queen, saying, and I quote, I had the incredible honor of being able to spend time with her. It is something I'll never forget. We talked about our shared love of dogs, and she was incredibly generous with her time. I know the whole nation and many others around the world will be mourning her loss and my thoughts and prayers are with her family and all those close to her who have lost a loved one. Here is a clip of Hamilton describing his experience after receiving the most excellent order of the British Empire MBE award from the Queen at Buckingham Palace in 2009. This is uh, for sure one of my, probably the most prestigious award I have. And um, just a very, very much an honour today and a privilege to be here. I was, I was lucky I was able to bring some of my family down. And um, it was, uh, I think, thinking about it when, you were, when I was told about it was, was obviously extremely exciting and overwhelming. But once you get here, it's, you're just, you're speechless. The 37-year-old seven-time world champion was also knighted last year by the former Prince of Wales, who is now King Charles III as part of the 2021 New Year's Honours List. 22-time Grand Slam tennis champion Rafael Nadal also tweeted and I quote, My most respectful, sincere and deepest condolences to the royal family of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and to the British people for the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. End of quote. FIFA Chief of Global Development and former Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger also commented on the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, saying, and I quote, In an ever-changing world, throughout her reign, her sense of duty and dedication to keeping the nation united, her qualities I had huge respect and admiration for. The tributes that have been paid by people from all walks of life from around the world demonstrate just how much she meant to so many. I'd like to send my sincere condolences to the royal family and to all those who are in mourning today. End of quote. Chelsea and England forward of Jamaican descent Raheem Sterling offered his condolences to the royal family on Instagram saying and I quote, my deepest condolences to the royal family at this incredibly sad time. End of quote. England captain Harry Kane held the Queen as quote-unquote an amazing inspiration, while also adding that his thoughts were with the royal family at this very difficult time. The Tottenham hitman also added and I quote, The Queen was an amazing inspiration and will be remembered for incredible years of service to the country. Rest in peace, Your Majesty. End of quote. Moving on to the French League, Brazilian superstar Neymar scored the sole goal of the game as Paris Saint-Germain secured a hard-fought 1-0 win against Brest. The Parisians are back at the top of the French League after securing their sixth win in seven league matches and will next face Israeli club Maccabi Haifa on Wednesday in their second Champions League group match. In another French league fixture, former Arsenal forward Alexis Sanchez bagged his fourth goal in four league games as Marseille came from behind to secure a 2-1 win over Lille in a match that was played at the Villadrome. The win leaves Marseille level on 19 points with Paris Saint-Germain, who are top based on goal difference. Lille are eighth with 10 points. 
French footballer of Congolese descent Benoit Badiashile and Guilhemo Maripan were all on target as Monaco cruised to a 2-1 win over fifth-place Lyon. After a shaky start to the season, Monaco has now won its last three games in all competitions and climbed to seventh. Andy Dillard scored the sole goal to give Nice a 1-0 win at Ajaccio, while Angers defeated Montpellier 2-1 for its first win of the season. German footballer of Sierra Leonean descent Antonio Rudiger, Federico Valverde, Vinicius Junior and Rodrigo all registered their names on the score sheet as Real Madrid came from behind to beat Mallorca 4-1 at the Bernabeu. The Los Blancos are back at the top of the table two points ahead of second-placed Barcelona who earned a win courtesy of goals from French forward of Malian descent Osman Dembele, Spanish striker of Guinea-Bissauan descent Ansu Fati, Polish hitman Robert Lewandowski and Dutch playmaker Frankie de Jong. Bundesliga champions Bayern Munich conceded a stoppage time equalizer against Stuttgart's French football of Guinea-Bissauan descent Seru Guraisi scored from the penalty spot in a 2 all draw. The Bavarians host Spanish giants Barcelona in the Champions League group stage on Tuesday went top on goal difference with 12 points ahead of Hoffenheim and a 4-1 win against Mainz. Reporting for the sunny side of sports and print Thanks, Prince. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Turning to tennis, the 19-year-old Spaniard Carlos Alcaraz has become the youngest player in history to reach number one in the ATP World Rankings after lifting the U.S. Open trophy in New York. The AP's Graham Agars reports. Spain's Carlos Alcaraz has written himself into the tennis history books by securing his first major win at the U.S. Open. The 19-year-old Spaniard became the first teenager to reach the top of the ATP World Rankings, and he did it by toughing out another lengthy New York battle, securing a three-hour-and-20-minute slugfest over Norway's Kasper Ruud, 6-4-2-6-7-6-6-3. It's crazy for me, you know. Uh, I've never thought that uh, I, I was going to achieve uh, something like that at 19 years old. Uh, so everything is came so so fast. Alcaraz had reached his first Grand Slam final on the back of three consecutive five-set battles, but still somehow had enough energy to close out his historic win. It has been a, a great round here in the in US Open. Obviously, it's great to to have the trophy here. Uh, but uh, I would say I, I mean, I overcome myself uh, a little bit. I mean, I. Yeah, he, he played uh, great matches, high intensity during the, the, the two weeks that uh, I've never done before. World number one, Igor Svantec has held off a second set fight back by Ons Jabur to claim her first US Open title. Svantec breezed through the first set against a tight Jabur, racing to a three-love lead in just eight minutes and went on to close out the one-sided set 6-2. 
The Tunisian again went down love three in the second, but finally found some touch and forced the set to a tiebreaker, but couldn't close with the pole finishing off the win 6-2-7-6, securing the tiebreaker seven points to five. In the second set, it got really physical, um, and I'm happy that I got my um, level of energy up a little bit more so I could finish. The victory secured Svantec her third major title, adding the New York win to her two French Open successes. It's something that I wasn't expecting for sure. It's also like a confirmation for me that sky's the limit, and uh, I'm, I'm proud. Also surprised a little bit and just happy that I was able to do that. I'm Graham Agar. Thanks, Graham. Tunisian tennis star Anz Jabir says she has no regrets about her performance in the U.S. Open Women's Singles Final. To be honest with you, I have nothing to regret because I did everything possible and uh, I wish I served a little bit better today. It would have helped me a lot. But, um, you know, I, uh, you know Iga, how she plays in finals, and uh, it, it's very tough to beat her. But, I mean, I, I will keep positive and, and work on the things that was missing today. Meanwhile, a few miles from the U.S. Open's premier show court at Arthur Ashe Stadium is a community of tennis players who share a commitment to the sport. Aaron Rainin reports from New York City. For three weeks every summer, the elite tennis world gathers in Flushing, New York for the U.S. Open. A few miles away stand the Lincoln Terrace Park tennis courts, where players, most of them African-American, have built their skills in the shadow of one of the sport's four Grand Slam tournaments. Since the 1960s, these 11 courts have offered a sanctuary from racism and an opportunity for African-Americans to build a community of tennis enthusiasts. This is a social community, so we like to talk, and we brought food, and we sit over there on the bleachers, and we socialize, and we play tennis. To me, this is home. Well, I've been coming here for a few years now, and I think I just love the community. I love being able to see people that look like me. Like, representation is great. These players compete on rugged courts with a subway train line that runs right alongside it, challenging the concentration of any competitor. On a recent Saturday afternoon, a dozen people were hitting balls in the hot sun. Before I was born, these courts were here. It's like a stable of the, of, of the neighborhood. And I guess we're that back in the days before my time and when I was younger, this was one of the places that a lot of African-American can play and feel safe without being discriminated. It is tennis communities like this that were inspired more than a half century ago by some of the earliest African-American tennis champions, including the 1957 U.S. Open champion, Althea Gibson. Althea and Arthur Ashe. Althea actually first because she was before Arthur Ashe and they opened up the tennis world to, to, to let blacks know that this is you can do this. From them came Serena and Venus. And Althea Gibson's success has opened up doors for the Lincoln Terrace Tennis Academy to open up opportunities for African-American youth, but more importantly for them to see this as a possibility for a career path. Many also credit Serena and Venus Williams for keeping the balls bouncing at these courts. I believe, yes, before Serena and Venus, this place existed. It was always great. 
but with them being in the picture of becoming great tennis players, it also helped this neighborhood and the tennis community, both her and her sister, helped popularize tennis and took it to another level. With the excitement surrounding Serena Williams' possible retirement after this year's U.S. Open, one wonders if the next African-American tennis superstar may already be practicing here at Lincoln Terrace Park Tennis Courts. Aaron Raynan for VOA News, New York City. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. Just ahead, Samson Omale, who will have a package of African sports news for us. Renaissance Sportive Dubakani won the Africa Super Cup for the first time after beating fellow Moroccan side Wada Casablanca 2-0 in Rabat on Saturday. Iris Bakani, winners of the 2021-2022 CAF Competitions Cup, won the 31st edition of the CAF Super Cup after goals from Sheiki El Bahiri and Sofian El Modani from the penalty sport in the second half cemented their victory in the Moroccan Derby. The CAF Super Cup is played between winners of the CAF Champions League and the CAF Confederations Cup champions. Elsewhere in women's football on the African continent, Zambia Copper Queens have won the Council of Southern Africa Football Association Kosafa Women's Championship for the first time in their history after beating host Banyana Banyana of South Africa 1-0. This is the first time in the 20 years of the competition that the Zambians clinched the regional title. Barbara Banda was the hero of the match after she broke the deadlock in extra time at the Isaac Wolfson Stadium in Kwazakili. Hi guys, I'm Ferdinand Omanyala, the fastest man in Africa, African 100 meter record holder. And now you're listening to Sunny's Side of Sports on The Voice of America. And now to athletics, where Commonwealth Games on Africa 100 meters champion Ferdinand Omanyala lost to American World 100 meters silver medalist Marvin Bracey for the second time in 100 meters at Hazakovika meeting in Zagreb, Croatia on Sunday. Omanyala clocked 10.19 seconds to finish third behind Bracey, who won in 9.97 seconds, and European 100 meters bronze medalist. Jeremiah Azu, who timed 
claimed 10.14 seconds for the second place. Staying with athletics, Helen Obiri on Sunday successfully defended her Great North Run title in United Kingdom. Obiri, who clocked a faster time compared to last year, beat compatriot and Olympic marathon champion Pires Jepchichir to second place. Kenyan Obiri won in 67 minutes, 05 seconds ahead of Jepchichir, who clocked 67 minutes, 0.7 seconds, while Ethiopia's Almaz Ayana settled for third place in 67 minutes, 1.0 seconds. In volleyball news, Nigeria under-19 boys volleyball team on Sunday successfully defended the under-19 men's African Nations volleyball championship title, which they won in Abuja in 2021. The under-19 men's African Nations volleyball championship final played in Al Jadida, Morocco, saw Nigeria beat Egypt 25 to 20, 25 18, 31 19 to retain their title. I am Samson Omale in Abuja, Nigeria. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to dumbolo and makosa to kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC, right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. On the African women's netball beat, Malawi and Zimbabwe recently qualified for next year's World Cup in Cape Town, South Africa. You might say it's World Cup deja vu for Malawi, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. Those three countries also participated at the 2019 Netball World Cup in England. Michael Cariati tells us more from Harare, Zimbabwe. Southern Africa's domination of African netball came to the fore after the southern part of the continent took three of the four places reserved for Africa at the 2023 World Cup Finals. That point was emphasized after Malawi and Zimbabwe joined South Africa on the journey to the finals with the other African qualifier being Uganda from East Africa. Coincidentally, the three Southern African teams also represented Africa at the last World Cup finals in Liverpool, England, an indication of the gap that exists between them and the rest of the continent. The manner in which these Southern African teams have controlled netball is similar to the way North and West African teams have also dominated football by qualifying regularly to represent Africa at the World Cup Finals. Sports reporter Admire Mwimeke, which is based in the United Kingdom, comments that this shows that sporting talent is spread to all the four parts of the continent and not in one or two regions. Uh, you see, everywhere, there's something big happening in African sports. In North Africa, football is at best. In East Africa, athletics is no match. In West Africa, basketball rules. Netball runs in Southern Africa. That shows that sports talent is everywhere in Africa. What sometimes lacks are the financial resources, I think, to help it grow. Mwimeke's assessment 
also comes at a time Ethiopians and Kenyans are also dominating middle and long distance running with gold medals galore making their way to Africa. The focus, though, is on netball, where the balance of power appears to be confined to the southern African region. History also tells us that Namibia and Zambia, also from southern Africa, have on numerous occasions also qualified to represent Africa at the World Cup finals when those from North, West, East and Central Africa were at home. That said, the 16-team World Cup finals themselves presents an opportunity for Africa to prove a point, especially when playing at home. Netball enthusiast Lorraine Maketa is straight to the point that South Africa will be Africa's strongest bet for a medal and the World Cup title. South Africa is Africa's best bet. They have a solid all-round team. After finishing fourth, the last time they can go one or two better and win the trophy. Apart from Malawi, South Africa, Uganda and Zimbabwe, the other teams that have already qualified for the Netball World Cup are Australia, New Zealand, England, Jamaica, Tonga and Fiji, while six slots are still to be decided. However, netball analyst Matthias Kufandirimbwa is worried about the Zimbabwe gems and advises them to prepare fully for the job that awaits them at the World Cup finals. The gems should prepare themselves fully by being in camp longer and playing assessment matches with teams ranked higher in the world. They still have a lot of corrections to do. As Africa looked up to several World Cup finals, which are coming in football, netball, rugby and cricket, it would be good for an African team or teams to reach at least the final. For the Sony side of sports, this is Michael Kariati in Harare, Zimbabwe. Thanks, Michael. And that wraps up the September 12th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.